What's poppin' everybody? Hello and welcome to Popcorn Culture. My name is Ben Carlin and I am your host. Here with me today is my brother Jay, who will be in every episode. Hello. Nice. To, thanks Thanks for having me on the show. Thanks for having me here. I, I, it's, it's, it's a pure delight. Thank yeah. you for working it into your incredibly busy schedule. Yeah, it wasn't hard because I like also sort of host the show, so it was like part of my show anyway. Oh, I see what you're Part doing. of my day. Yeah. <laughs> part, part, part of my part day. Part of my day. I had it, had I had it penciled, penciled in. in. Yeah. <laughs> oh, already said something in unison the bingo cards are popping off popping off unbelievable right right clean out of the gate so jay how are you this week man man i'm doing i'm doing pretty good yeah Yeah, i had a i had a fun weekend full of pokemon yeah you did you did i did okay i feel like the uh the the resurgence of pokemon in your life Mm -hmm. is is happening in a very like significant prominent like daily way which is saying something because i would say before like you were like big into the pokemon go right you're like level 40 i am Uh, now you can be level 50 wow i know wow was that like was that a little bit of a gut punch because i know you had spent like i think a solid three years achieving 40 it it took a long time and the gap between levels at this point is is significant it was one of those like hitting 40 is one of the things that stopped me playing it like it caused me to lose interest a little more because it was like now I don't really have a goal to work towards other than completing the Pokedex and a lot of a lot of what I have left to do is just a matter of like doing raids and stuff which you need lots of people to do and it's not convenient for my life to be like well Beth, I think I'm going to just go do some Pokemon Go raids this week and try and find some strangers to play with. Sure, you know, sure. I don't have many close friends who also play the game. Understandable. Uh, so correct me if I'm wrong, though, but I feel like once upon a time you had told me that it had taken as long to get from 39 to 40 as it did from 1 to 39. Is that is that like a fair? I don't think 1 to 39. No, okay. Not, but maybe not like 1 long. to like 20, maybe like 1 to 30 or something. Okay. Okay. So like yeah. a, it, it represents like a substantial like chunk of of like that remaining little bit to do. This was back when I used to play Diablo two. This was always a thing because the max level was 99, but like it was the case that 98 to 99 took longer than one to 98. And back when I was playing it, I, the way that I, I had gone about playing it was I had like a bot that would effectively play itself. Right. And then what really made it fun for me was like manipulating all of the little characteristics where it was like, Oh, I can like, I can improve this by this amount. And then it was like, you know, whether it was like magic find or something, it's like, okay, by having an extra hundred percent on my character, I can do like a hundred less runs a night because I'm losing some of my ability to travel faster. But, but am I finding better stuff? Just, just lots of testing. Right. And, and you're like, you're trying to find that exact crosshair of like, okay, like there's something to be said for character efficiency. But then the other end of it is like, in terms of speed and then the other end of it is like ability to then find rare items and like what which one yields the best in terms of like a ratio standpoint like that, right. that correct balance uh but the point being that while i was doing that my, my character was quite literally playing the game for all intents and purposes 24 7 for weeks on end right and i mean doing it for three months yeah i don't think my character hit 99 like yeah so if you if you met someone in the game who had a level 100 character that was like a real like milestone well not 99 was the top okay so if you hit 99 yeah Yeah. then that was like a real milestone yes but it also this is what i was going to ask you because i would be willing to bet that there are plenty of people who have already achieved level 50 on pokemon go well here's the thing is that in pokemon go there are like the really top level players are 
more what you would call like experience hunters. Okay. So it'll keep, you could, even after you hit 40, it would show you like uh, how much experience you'd gathered at like the, the bottom of your profile page, like in excess of the max level. So there was, there was still almost like some additional clout to be gained almost there, by continuing to go. Yes. At the tip top of this, of, of the, the players on the game, it was a matter of like setting the high score by being the one who has collected the most experience in the game. That is interesting because contrasting with Diablo two, that was not the case at all. Like once you got to 99, the little bar like never went up again. You just like the experience bar just was static, right? It no longer w- would continue to track progress. So, mm. but the thing that, that is curious to me is, is, like when I was playing that game, it was always when you saw like a level 99, I'm like, I know how hard it is to get to level 99 and it is hard. Like no, no casual players at 99. Exactly. Yeah. So it's like when you see like level fifties in Pokemon go, it's like, okay, you are like, cause my interpretation of the way that you played it was like not aggressively necessarily, but you were almost always doing it. It was, I mean, we we were fortunate in that we worked in a spot where like we were near Pokemon stops and stuff and we would eat out for lunch a lot. So we would be around lots of new stuff every day. Right. And there were like opportunities to go, you know, oh, can, let's take this route over here to go try and catch this thing or something. But that that's part of my point, though, is yeah. that like you had you had uh, arguably reasonably grand access to a fair bit of stuff. And, and just my like sort of being in general proximity to you was very aware of, of, you know, how, like how often and you were, it was never like really a huge distraction for you. You were very good about like having it on the table, sort of like doing the thing, but then also like being a part of the conversation. Right. Um, so not, not for people at home thinking that Jay was like constantly just like absorbed by, you know, like this app or whatever. That was definitely not the case. But what is mine, what, what is mind blowing to me is the thought that there could be people that are doing it that much more. That, that's, that's the sort of the thing, like that, you know, we joke on this exact show about how like, oh, Jay gets too technical about post- Pokemon and it's like here's the thing it's like I know that I am like leaps and bounds above the average person's like Pokemon knowledge sure but I am also like I've reached I am far enough into it that I know that I am also there are people who are yet leaps and bounds further yes you know it's like I I have gone on like I remember like learning about competitive Pokemon or like breeding once upon a time and it's like you can you know, you can breed Pokemon so they have this nature and so they have this ability and you can make sure they have this set of perfect fixed stats and then you can manipulate these stats after they're bred. And I was like, no one, surely, like, no one's going to this much trouble. But it's like, oh, yes. Not only are they, but they're doing it over and over and over. And it's like the process of even just getting, like, a single Pokemon there could cause you to breed, like, a hundred. Yeah. You know, and that process, just the breeding can take... (laughs) you know, hours and hours and hours. Sure. Yes. No, I, I, absolutely. And like, this is, this is sort of that thing. Like, and, and again, like from, for my version of it, it would be with like Diablo. But like, if I were to like talking to people and be like, yeah, you know, I, I have like a bot running and like blah, blah, blah. Like yeah. immediately for a lot of people, that's like that line. It's like, whoa, you are like way more into it. Uh, yeah. but, on, but on the flip <laughs> end of that, it's like, I also know that like, I know nothing like there's, there's mm-hmm. sort of that, that constant idea of like, the more, you know, the more you realize you don't know, the more you know, you don't know. Yeah. Exactly. And this is like, I feel like there, there's like two, two ends of this particular phenomenon, which is the, we, we talk about it all the time, but it's on, on one end of the spectrum, you have Dunning Kruger and on the other end of the spectrum, you have imposter syndrome. And in the middle is probably like a, a happy, healthy line. And the, the two axes in play there are. Uh, your confidence of knowledge on a particular topic on on the vertical and then on the other is 
uh, actual knowledge. Right. And it's sort of like Dunning Kruger is you have very little like knowledge or experience, but your confidence is incredibly high. Right. Because you you feel like y- you have dipped your toe in far enough that you think you know a lot about right. a thing. Like you've rapidly gained a ton of information and gotten significantly better in a short amount of time. And you're like, I got this. Right, right, right. But then the more time you spend with something, you, you kind of have this progress where you're like, wow, at one point in time, in the very beginning, I thought that I knew a lot. And now as time has gone on and I actually know way, way, way more, I look back on that and I realize, man, I, I knew so little. And so now you might actually be verging on being closer to a professional, but because you've had this experience of realizing how much you didn't know before that then applies and you become an imposter syndrome, which is where you, you have very low confidence, despite the fact that you have extensive amounts of knowledge. Yeah, it's very weird because it's like I, I feel like this happens to me all the time where it's like, you'll, yeah, you'll find something and like you'll be very confident and then you'll get further into it. And suddenly like your confidence is like evaporates. And you're like, I used to I used to like walk into this with such like like bravado, like I like I could conquer it. Yes. And now I'm like, why does everything seem so hard? And it's like, I feel like I used to be better. Yes. Yes. But it's like, it's not, it's not that you used to be better. It's that you used to not know. No, you used to not know. <laughs> this is okay. So when I was, when I was a kid, I was uh, probably like 11, 12, 13 years old. I was so big about going to our local swimming pool. Like I would go every single day of the summer yeah. like, from, from start to finish. And the big thing that I loved to do was the diving board. Right. And it was constantly like, I remember like learning how to do a backflip for the first time. And it was like, as far as I was concerned, there is nothing cooler than a backflip. Like, especially at that point in my life, like, right, that like, was like, what I learned how to do it. And it was almost like I needed to tell everyone I knew, like I learned how to do a backflip this, back this past weekend at the, yeah. Virginia Beach Rock and Roll Half Marathon. That's right. I think, was that where we were? I don't know. Okay. Do you remember this? No. We were at a hotel pool when I okay. went to do it for the first time. But anyway, so this was this was something that like I even remember as that 12, 13 year old kid that like older kids, like high school age kids would challenge me to like trick offs oh. like, on the diving board. Wow. Yeah. So it would be like, you know, you go up there and it would almost be like playing like horse, like with basketball where like you, you choose the spot you shoot. If you make it, they have to shoot from there. And if they miss, like you gain a letter and you don't want to like spell the whole the yeah. whole thing out. So this was sort of the same thing where it'd be like, okay, like we're going to pick a move. And if you can do that move, then we move on to the next move. And right. right. You following? I yeah. got, yeah, I okay. know how a horse works. Okay. Okay. Um, so as time went on though, this was, this was like something that like I was super proud of. And I like was very, very confident about it. Like anybody can come up to me and be like, it's on, let's do it. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to, I called it the California backflip, which I don't think was actually a real thing, but it would be like where you would run straight down the board. You would jump in the air and twist at the end of the board, bounce off of it and do a backflip. No, I think that's what it's called. Oh, that is in yeah. fact what it's called. Okay. At least, I, you know, like, you know, that's the, that's the, the, the street term for it at the, least the, on the streets, you know? Yeah. 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 yeah when you're playing street board, street, 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 <laughs> you know, street in the pool, in the pool. Yeah. Um, so th- this, that was always like my, my like ace in the hole that I would like keep in my back pocket really, forever. I can, like, I can, I can run and then spin, land on the board and jump backwards and jump backwards. with momentum with mo- off the high dive off the high dive. Maybe I tuck, maybe I don't. We'll We're, see. We'll see. We'll see. Maybe, um, maybe I'll have a twist. Maybe. Yeah. Whew, I know. Goodness. I know it was getting, it was getting crazy. But so, uh, anyway, this was something where it was like, it was true of me like in middle school. And then as I got older, I just stopped going to the pool as much because I just had other things going on. Uh, but I remember being senior year of high school and I, I guess there had been like enough of this reputation about me that someone told the <laughs> swim team coach right that that I had 
diving board prowess. Right. Yeah. You had some diving chops. Yeah. 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 And he, he was my, my personal finance teacher at the time. And so he spent like the whole first like fall quarter of the year, nine weeks yeah. uh, trying to convince me to join because diving was like a very non-competitive thing in our area. So like if you had a diver on your team, especially at like the district regional state meet, it was almost like surefire points, right? Like you get free points, right? Because there were, there were so few people competing. Right. And so this was, this was a, such a prime example of all of a sudden it was, I, I got, was on the team. I was, I was the sole member of our, you know, Cape Spring high school's diving team, my senior year. Yeah. The, the first time I'd ever done it. And the really odd thing about this particular sport, because there are so few people that do it was that everybody in our area, like all the adjoining schools nearby, we all did practice together. Right. Yeah. Like, so like, and we were, we were coached by like the, the college coaches who I think were probably doing it as like a just outreach type of thing. Right. They're recruiting. They're they, like anyone, maybe we'll find someone good. A diamond in the rough. Yeah. 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 So it was, I, I got there and all of a sudden all, there was like five of us total, maybe six, but you had cheerleaders and gymnasts. Yeah. And mm-hmm. that's and, exactly who you have. And it was like, it was like, Ooh, like, you know, so I get there and I'm like, I can't wait to like show these kids like what I, yeah. what I got, the mm-hmm. ca- my California backflip. That's right. They won't even see it coming, which is not like a regulation. Like you, you couldn't you do could, that in a yeah, beat. Yeah. Like that's not a real move. Um, <laughs> also, I'm sure they could do it. <laughs> oh, also, I'm sure they can yeah. do it. Like no problem at all. Yeah. Uh, but so the other thing too. Yeah. So I get there and I'm like way out of my league instantly because like form is everything when yeah. it comes to diving. And I had none of it. Right. I, you know, I grew up on the, I grew up like on the, 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 the street yeah, board circuit. Exactly. The street board circuit. <laughs> you you know, know, I grew up playing, you know, street horse on right, the boards. Right, right, right. So yeah. the, the other thing about it too, is that like diving boards at like your local swim club are incredibly rigid so that nobody gets hurt. Mm-hmm. Like, so it is, it is a, is a plank that extends over water that you can run and jump off of into the water. Mm-hmm. But then like a diving board for like diving purposes is like super bendy. Yeah. And so I remember like I get up there and I have this like gigantic leap onto the end of the board, which goes down like four and a half feet. Right. Like it's going to, it's about to, f- yeah. Yeah. Throw you. Yeah. 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 So like, I mean, literally my very first time, like, like the teacher or the coach being like, show, show us what you got. I, yeah. Like I almost like destroyed my, Myself. Right. Like, <laughs> like I am high in the air. Yep. Yep. And like, you know, almost almost came down and hit the diving board. And I like, you know, I came up and everybody's got like their hands to their mouth. They're like, oh, this that, kid's crazy. That was so close to being bad. Um, which was which was hilarious. And my confidence plummeted right. completely. Mm-hmm. And so I immediately I didn't even I don't even think I had enough ability to technically classify myself as imposter syndrome. I was more in the Dunning Kruger column for uh, actual ability, mm-hmm. but with the confidence of somebody with imposter syndrome. <laughs> so very, worst of both words, yes, all of a sudden, very low, like, very oh. low confidence and very low, uh, actual expertise, man. Okay. I've been, re- <clears throat> we've been, wow. Beth and I have been watching the, uh, mighty ducks game changer show in Disney plus love it. So good. Yeah. So very good. So in the meantime, cause they only come out like once a week, we've also been rewatching the old mighty ducks movies. Absolutely. Right. And so in D two, the mighty ducks, right. The one, the, uh, the ducks are chosen as like team USA, right? Right. Yes. Somehow <laughs> it's like, what, what about all of the other kids? I, like, yeah, they recruit. Play- right. I, I may, maybe it's the case that it, Everyone in America just knows that the kids in Minnesota are actually the best. 
and they were like, and these are the state champs from Minnesota, so we'll get them, and then we'll also rope in five more kids from around the country to okay. round out the United States. Yeah, sure. You know. Anyway, so they're sitting there, and not only are they Team USA, but they are like whooping everybody. Sure. Right? Just destroying the competition, minus you know, Sweden, who's for some reason the bad guys. <laughs> yeah, when is Sweden the bad guy in anything? Like, like, Sweden, if you're listening right now, you're great. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, yeah, right. They, that's the only thing they lose to. But in the movie, they've got uh, Keenan Thompson, who's like some random kid in the stands who's just like harassing the Ducks the whole time. Right. Because he thinks they're not very good and because he, he, he plays street hockey in the, you know, in L.A. or whatever. Right, right. And there's this great montage where they go and they run into him on the street and he's like, we'll show you how to play. And they go and they play like street hockey with them. OK. And this. OK. I I understand the real point of the scene is because what they really want is to put Keenan on the team and they want to have the knuckle puck. And everyone loves the knuckle puck. It's so it, it, fun. Yes, it's like it's is it even in the first Mighty Ducks? It's not at even all? in the first one. Right. But like if no. you if you talk about the Mighty Ducks, everybody's like, oh, everyone puck. knows the knuckle, knuckle puck. puck. You know, what's it gonna go? Where's it gonna go? Where's it gonna go? It's an amazing shot. It's a very cool effect, but it's so frustrating to me because they go the the ducks go and play this like street hockey team with these like kids and it's like a fair fight. You know, it's like it's like both sides are scoring. Someone's like, I like, no, that is just not how like you're playing against the national team. Right. They are going to like you can taunt them all you want, but they would wreck you. Yes. Like you are like these. I nothing against the kids who are playing the street hockey, but they would stand zero chance. Well, yes. OK, so I hope hopefully our cousin Justin won't mind me discussing this particular topic. But he he is like he is our younger cousin who like outgrew us very quickly and was like a super athlete. Yeah. Like, you know, played like all sorts of school, like basketball and stuff like that. And I think he was even recruited to play. Uh, basketball in college but then like sw- like switch schools and now i think he like trains with like the women's team for the college that it goes to now and he was telling me about it and he's like oh my god like they run laps around me right like you know and like so like from his perspective he's like he he is like a great basketball player if you or i were to go and play against justin he would crush us right but like you know he's out there playing with these like now collegiate athletes and it's like even for him who is that good right who played a season of like college basketball right right right, right. yeah it's like now now you see like where that measuring stick goes and you're like whoa okay right okay yeah. so anyway this is just a, a long way of me complaining that that i think that seems unrealistic yeah. <laughs> that's what you find unrealistic. That's, that's what I find unrealistic about D2, the Mighty Ducks. Okay, okay. Well, also, they then recruit Keenan onto the team just out of nowhere, mid, mid-tournament. They're, Not they're, out of nowhere. Right, right. Is it also the case that like they they shed the Team USA jerseys and play in Mighty Ducks uniforms for I like think, the final? I think so. The final game. That, like, like even that, that feels like maybe the governing bodies would be like, no, you can't like change uniforms. Like, right. <laughs> uh, with this particular, I don't know, but I guess it might, cause you need them to be the ducks, right? Like oh, that's, that's ooh. the whole thing. Okay. So on that note, if you're also watching game changers on, are you watching the show? I'm not up to date right now because, okay. Of, yeah. 
So it, I mean, the the entrance uh, description of the show is that the ducks have gone on to be like become like the the sort of the big bads of the show. Sure. Now, now they're the enemy. They're like the super rich elite hockey players and they cut one of the members and they have to start their own team. Right. And they're, they're essentially the, the new team is now also going to be coached by Gordon Bombay and stuff. And they're going to, you know, they're obviously going to get better. And that's where, that's where it's obviously going. Right. But so my issue is that like, okay, but it's called the mighty ducks. So how are they going to get to like, how are they going to do that? Like, how, like what is the going to be the, the, yeah. the situational like moment where they're like, we are the ducks now. Exactly. We so, have taken it back from you. Exactly. So yeah. that's, that's my theory is that like they are cause, uh, th- that they are going to like bet them the name that oh. they're going to say like, you know, like you guys aren't the real ducks and they're going to be like, uh, check yourself before you wreck yourself. Look who's in the jerseys. Look who has the title. And they're going to be like, we'll challenge you to a game winner keeps the name or something and they're gonna like and that's what they'll do because because the idea they're also <laughs> like in the in the first movie it's like the ducks come out of nowhere and suddenly they win states and it's like i it's like same thing it's like like i love this ragtag group of kids you got together here in the last couple months guys but also the reputation you've given the enemy ducks now is that they are the elite squad who have been playing since they were you know two years old so right. it's like the same situation like you're not gonna win nine games straight all of a sudden. I, it's it's gonna be unsatisfying to me if they quickly dethrone them. This so this is the thing with with many sports movies because like you want to have that first season cap off in in such a like a glorious kind of way. Mm-hmm. But this is like one of the things that I love about Ted Lasso so much. Yeah, is that like you have this like really just absolutely lovable character who comes in and he's all about like just pure positive attitude and like you know like the way that he's trying to like reshape the way that. Everybody's like treating the team and the way they treat each other and like right. the way they approach the sport and even like maybe, maybe the way that they approach life. Right. And at the end of the season, they suck. Right. Like, they, like, they're still not great. Like, like as a soccer team, they are not good. Right. Like and even even like the, the previews that have now come out for season two, which I'm just so unbelievably excited about. It's like the whole thing is that they're like at best tying games. Right. So it's like even even in season two, they are still not good. Like and so my hope is that it's like my I'm hoping they can stretch it to four seasons. Uh, Yeah, here's the thing. Like I I want the the presently named don't bothers who are definitely going to win back the name of the ducks in some capacity. Right. Um, Eventually. I hope that's how the first season ends is I'm getting the name back. But it, I if the don't bothers defeat the ducks at the end of season one, I'm just gonna I'm it's gonna be really disappointing Will for you, me. W- would you tap out? I w- I mean no, I'd probably keep watching because I am enjoying it. But it's just gonna be like guys, guys. I that's not. I don't think that's how hockey works. Right. You know. Yeah. Like these those the kid these those kids are good. Right. Like don't take it away from them. The the you know e- what I mean extreme flip side of this is the movie Remember the Titans, yeah. where like the movie would paint it as if. Uh, like the these two schools are now integrated and you know you've got like black and white <clears throat> players on the same team yep. and like it's it's it, I mean I'm sure that there were certainly like adjustments and, and things with that but like that team in real life was in like unstoppably good yeah like, they make it look like they're they keep having to like overcome these like big challenges and like better you know like teams that have like more legacy or you know future collegiate players or whatever but I think in real life 
the the actual titans just squashed everyone. I'm pretty sure. I think um, our old government teacher in high school was was at the the game in question at the end of Remember the Titans. Yes, which actually it, happened here in Roanoke. In Roanoke at yeah. Victory Stadium, which no longer stands. Right. Which it, it, that sounds sad. It's not. It was gross. Um, <laughs> and also now it's where they have Go Fest, which is the best festival. Right. If you're going to visit Roanoke, Roanoke visit for visit Go Fest. during Go Fest. Super fun. Um, they didn't have it last year. That was a bummer. But anyway, our government teacher was there at the game in question. T.C. Williams versus Marshall. Maybe. Something. That sounds right. That sounds right. And it was not the um, nail biter, out, nail biter uh, that they present in the movie. <laughs> right, 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 right. Yeah. But that's, I mean, that's like the, what's so interesting about all sports movies is that like almost always, you know, exactly where it's going. Like, yeah, you know, like they like the team's going to win. <laughs> not, this is not always how it goes. Look, have you, I mean, uh, I think one of our favorite sports movies growing up was, uh, without limits. <gasps> the story of Steve Prefontaine. I want it to be him so bad. Mm-hmm. Actually, you wonder what frustrates me the most about Justin Bieber. Yeah. Is that he came through like being very popular around the same time that I was like going through like my high school years yeah. and had like the long hair. Yeah. And so everybody was like, Oh, you like that Bieber hair. And it's like, like no no this no. this is such a thing because you're right like when we were in high school justin bieber was like not a thing yeah not yet he was very he was like close to becoming like who, a household name. yeah close yeah. to becoming a household name but like you know youtube wasn't even really around when we were in high school true that's you know point. like that's where he got his start i think youtube started in 2007 right like i don't know i think so Sure. Somewhere around there. Anyway, I graduated in 2006. So look at you go. So whatever. Um, but yeah, people will look back and be like, oh, you got that Bieber hair. And it's like, no, no, I really don't. Because I had changed my hair by the time Justin Bieber was like doing his it. thing. Sure. Like what everyone needs to realize is that Bieber has that prefontaine hair. Exactly. 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 Yeah. It's like it was like as someone who was like a, uh, a career high school runner specifically yeah. it was like no 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 L- let me show you who steve prefontaine is because that i was trying to be someone just not justin bieber <laughs> right it just wasn't it wasn't a soon to be pop icon it was a long dead former fourth place olympic finishing athlete you know the one you know the one steve <laughs> prefontaine his name rolls off the tongue it, it, uh, it's a great name great it's name a great name steve but, prefontaine. right right yeah. it's it, i mean he I have to imagine that he is the most famous fourth place finisher Olympian of all time. Gotta be. Right? Gots to be. Gots to be. Also, spoilers in case you ever watch Without Limits. <laughs> also, still worth not watching. that much spoilers, though, because it's a real historical thing that happened in 1972. Right, right, right. right. Yeah. yeah. So you could have known anyway. You could have known. You probably know those Olympics, more notably for the terrorist attacks. But um, also, C. Prefontaine, the 5,000 meters, big deal. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, it basically changed the sport of running in a lot of ways. Uh, I mean, he basically introduced Introduced the sport of running to America as like a like if if you have ever been like I'm gonna go for a run I'm gonna go for a run that is because of him like you in 2021 are doing that because of Steve Prefontaine in 1970 so give like, him give him like a like an yeah, Air Five yeah like he popularized and normalized running in America as like a exercise anyone might do sure yeah. 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 Okay. So it's actually kind of interesting as as we like view backwards, kind of like looking at that lens. Cause like one of the things that I was thinking about just, I don't know, over the past couple days or so, uh, was this thought of, of how history can repeat itself Mm. and how, like how important the current events 
you got to experience will affect your whole life Mm. versus like people who now come into the fold after some of those current events have happened, don't ever have the ability to truly know what it was like to like live through those things. Right. So like nine 11 is, is a pretty obvious, like go to example for something like this. Like anybody who was like around for nine 11, chances are knows exactly where they were. Like when they found out the news. Right. And like probably all of the subsequent like fallout and just sort of like what the the general like tone and vibe was. Yeah. For like a period of time thereafter. Like it, it really just was hugely impactful. Uh, and I would say more recently here would be like the the past year, 2020, just in general, going through like a global pandemic effectively yeah. would be the other. Um, but these are things that it's very easy or uh, I think if you weren't around to live through them and like see the news and feel the impact of those particular events, then it's like, you could even look back on that and like realize very easily that like, Oh man, like what a tragedy, but like you don't truly have like that. It's it's hard to go back and know exactly yeah. what it felt like for people who lived through it. And so I was thinking about that though. And I'm like, it's so interesting that like on a constant basis, there, there are experiences that, like uh, I, I watched the movie Hacksaw Ridge last night and which I really liked. Mm-hmm. Um, but what I was thinking about with it is that we're, we're probably not terribly far in the future away from there not being anybody left who like fought in World War Two. Oh, right. Right. Like because at some point in the next. Right. The last soldier who was a alive during the war will just like pass from the earth. Right. Yeah, like just due to old age. Just, yes. Right. Yeah, so I I would imagine that it can't be more than like 10 to 15 years from now that 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 would probably be the case. And I'm sure it will be like a noteworthy thing. Mm. Like it will be like in the news, you know, like what a weird thing to think about. I know. Right. Yeah. And so it's it's like it's one of these things that's not terribly far back uh, in history, like Snow White came out before World War Two. Right. Right. (laughs) <laughs> like <laughs> yeah you know yes yeah, snow white came out before world war ii came out right yeah <laughs> b- before it came out um so like like when you i don't know when you think about it through that lens though it's like it means that this this hugely influential thing like this period of time that had massive impact on like how and why decisions were being made and like the reverberations from it and just all of the rest it's like it's going to be it's going to be so hard to ever go back in time and understand like why the decisions could have been made the way that they were because you can't experience what they were experiencing in real time right does that make sense it totally makes sense i mean it's like every time i watch the movie i mean you're talking about like 9 11 so it's like every every christmas a lot of times we'll watch home alone okay. right big scene at the beginning everyone's getting everyone's late to the airport everyone's running oh my gosh we just made it Whew close every time i watch that scene i'm like in what world is this your airport experience people like <laughs> and it's like oh right this was a pre-9-11 world where maybe this was how airports were i'll never know right yeah like you know? Where, where the security would would not be so intense like where you being late to your flight would would like that moment doesn't happen where you walk up and like the gate is closing right in front of you or something like that. It's like that moment happens and you're in security and you're like you're you're like 40 minutes late. Right. For yeah. your flight. Like if they're arriving at the airport 10 minutes before their flight, like today, you wouldn't even assume you could get there. Yeah. You'd be exactly. like, I I, did, I wouldn't have even have left the house. Right. You know, I'd be like, I just I'm just going to call and we're going to have to reschedule. 
You yeah. know, there's no there's no getting through security in 10 minutes. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yes. <laughs> that doesn't happen. So what I'm very curious about then, like, yeah, like we just went through or we're still going through the pandemic right. and stuff. So it'll be very interesting to see how that affects like every part of your life going forward. Like everyone's like, you know, you and I are both vaccinated, but at the moment it's still pretty commonplace just to wear masks. I mean, you still should be wearing masks. Right. Even if you're vaccinated, um, like out in public and stuff. Right. So it'll be very curious to see, like, what what would be like the staying power of the mask? You know, yes. if like six years from now, will you still be like, yeah, I think I am going to keep wearing like it. That's not necessarily because of COVID now, but just in general, why would we risk starting another pandemic? Well, sure. Or even just like the idea of like, I, I think we've talked before even now, and it feels so ridiculous to think about this, but like very frequently prior to all of these events, like if I had like a bad cold, like my measure was almost always like, is this too bad that I can't go to, I can, I can, I can tough it out today. Right. Like the idea of like coming to work with a cold because I feel like I can tough it out was like, right. was like a reality of the situation where now it would be like, do you have, a, do not come to do work. Not, I yeah. agree. That was, there was very much, I think that is a real vibe. A lot of people have to deal with like, like, oh, I'm sick. Like, too sick right how yeah. sick yeah yeah like, that was uh, i feel like when we were growing up that was always like <clears throat> like you didn't go to school if for us if you had either a fever or if you had gotten yeah. sick like you know right had like vomited vomited yeah yeah <laughs> i didn't know if i wanted to say the word vomit nice word dodge <laughs> <laughs> not a top 10 word not a, to- not, not no. a top 10 word i would Mm-mm. say bottom bottom <laughs> bottom 100 at least bottom for sure for sure yeah. Um, but that that was always like, you know, that was usually like that that sort of like key line versus like, you know, having like a like a runny nose or a headache or something like that. Um, so that's something where I could see, especially going forward, like it not being entirely uncommon to leave the house and see someone wearing, wearing a, a mask. mask wherever you might go. Yeah. And also for that not to feel entirely like unusual. Like you wouldn't right. look at that and be like, why like What's up with that? I, like, cause I, it's not, I, I would say a lot of times I, it's not that I've never seen someone wearing like a mask in public prior to the pandemic or something, but it would always be like, this person is like being kind of overcautious. Don't you think? <laughs> Which feels ridiculous even like, now to think that that's how you like, felt. Yeah, I know. But it's like, yeah, now it'd be like, yeah, I can't, I can't imagine a point ever in the future where if I saw someone wearing a mask where I would think like, okay, okay, calm it down. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. So, but yeah, so that's the thing. So, but then obviously, you know, like a, a year, two years from now, whatever people who are born then, they will not have gone through this particular situation. And so once they reach further stages of their life, and I guess maybe depending on like how normal it is for them to see it and stuff like that, it could be like one of those things where the, the like air quotes tolerance of of seeing somebody out in a mask it may re-emerge for them being like huh i wonder why you're wearing a mask i uh, am mm, interesting yeah, yeah yeah i can see something like that it just depends on what the staying power will be because like i can see for the most part just sort of re- eventually returning to like a i don't like in my daily life going to the store going to a restaurant i can just be mask free again sure but i can also see like Maybe mm, like, like I, high density population events, like requiring it or something. Like if you're at a football game or like a concert or something. I, I, yeah, I could, I could see some version you're, of that. You're way more packed in. Right, right. Or at bare minimum, like what, what I would imagine for myself is at bare minimum, having a mask like in my vehicle 
at all times, mm. even if it's not the type of thing that like, even if I don't necessarily know that I need to wear it every single time I like, you know, enter a store or, you know, go out in public or whatever, it would, it would probably be the type of thing where it's like, I always have one. Right. You know, it's like a first oh, aid kit. You're right. You're um, right. Yeah. It's like, so. a sp- ooh, mm-hmm. it's like having cash in your vehicle. Cause like, oh, I forgot about the toll booths. Right. <gasps> this, uh, I do have cash in my vehicle. Right. Yeah. You know, like, specifically for, have, we don't have toll booths here. We don't, exactly. We don't have toll booths here. Anytime I go on a trip, it's like, oh, right, toll booths still only take cash. Ugh. Get up to date. And they're like, we have Easy Pass. And I'm like, I'm not paying for a year subscription to go as I go on one one road trip. <laughs> like, come on. I, and then they're like, how hard is it to get cash for one road trip? And I'm like, really hard. Yeah, exactly, exactly. No, that, that every single time I go on a road trip and I go through an Easy Pass, every single time I'm like, you know what, this is the year. This is the year. I'm just gonna, I'm gonna go I'm ahead. I'm just gonna do it. I'm gonna get one and I'm gonna have it. I'm gonna have money in the account. And that way, I like, that way I won't have to worry about it. I can go in the Easy Pass lane. I don't have to go through this other thing. And I never do it. Ever, uh-huh. ever, ever. It's it like, w- here's the thing. It wouldn't help. Would it not? It would. You would pay for it, but inevitably you'd be caravanning with someone who didn't. Oh, sure. And you'd, you'd get to coast through, and then you'd have to be that guy off on the off on the side being like, Do you, have they gotten through yet? Uh, are they waiting? Where are they? And yeah, then they're, yeah. go, they're going to be on the phone like, where are you guys? I don't see. I don't. Oh, okay. Wait, merge back. I'll slow down. You mer- okay, <laughs> You see it? Okay. okay. Watch out. That guy's coming up. Oh, mm. You're 100% on this problem already. Yeah, this 100%, is what, this 100%. Is what's going to happen. And you'll be like, see, I got the easy pass. Popcorn culture is supported by Arena Club. Okay, so you guys know that I love trading card games and that me and Ben are big time collectors of Pokemon cards. You know, it's that childhood fantasy of finally being able to use adult money to buy those highly coveted rares of our youth. And like, even in our office, we have not one, but two full display cases with some of our all time favorite rarest cards that we've pulled. But something I did not know existed when I was a kid in my youth was the grading process for trading cards or sports cards or whatever you're collecting. You know, to me, it was just like a rare Charizard is a rare Charizard. Like it doesn't, it doesn't matter. It's been hanging out in my pocket with my lucky paper clip. Turns out it does matter and kind of a lot because if you get your cards professionally graded, it can add huge value. And then not only that, but once they're graded, they will like seal them in that pristine condition inside of a plastic case or what's known in the industry as a slab. And that's where Arena Club steps in because it's like buying a booster pack, but it's for a pre-graded card. Now, I know that can take like maybe a second to wrap your head around because you're opening physical cards on a digital platform, which means you open the pack online and see your polls where they can be added to your showroom for the world to see. But you can also request them to be sent to you at any time. So they have got a ton of pre-graded cards and then you will get to randomly open one and then they'll keep it for you or they can send it to you or you can just like sell it or trade it online or whatever you want to do. But whether you're buying, selling, trading or displaying, Arena Club is the card collecting platform you have got to check out. And right now you can get 10% off your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash pop pop, which wow, that is a crazy offer. 10% off a $400 slab pack. That's like $40 right there. Anyway, that's arenaclub.com slash pop pop for 10% off your first purchase. Pop 
Popcorn Culture is sponsored by Shopify. Y'all are likely aware of the fact that we have our very own Shopify store, Carlin Brothers Mercantile, and it's hard to imagine not having it now, but arriving at the decision to open our own web store was a big one. In fact, we started our journey on the interweb back in 2012 and didn't finally open up shop until 2018. And a huge part of that is just not knowing where to start, but that's where Shopify steps in. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business, which is a fancy way of saying it's a really easy and effective way to start an online business, no matter if you're operating out of your garage or have like a whole building or three or something. Once we were set up, our biggest concern was trying a new product only to discover no one was interested in it. But Shopify is powered with so many reports, more than you can even imagine. And this is so handy because it allows us to use data to better provide what folks are actually interested in. It's so easy to use, but even if you do find yourself caught in a jam, Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way. Sign up for a $1 per month trial at shopify.com slash pop pop. That's all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash pop pop now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash pop pop. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. So, but, but, okay, Jay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna segue right here now. Okay, Jay, one thing that I want to talk about that I've always really wanted to try, but have never really felt like I was maybe properly spiritual, like religious enough to really get into it is meditation. Uh, I, this is something I've also always wanted to like, I see people meditating and I've heard there's like really solid benefits, but there is, it does seem like you always see people in like yoga poses or like sitting there like, you know, kind of, (laughs) that's like my, that's what, what I think of meditation. That's what I go to. And I don't, I've all, but I've also seen people just like sit in a chair and just like uh, with their eyes closed and it's like I'm meditating. Right, exactly. So how can how can you kind of like reframe the way that you approach meditation? Well, I think the way you get around it is with today's sponsor NR Meditation. So what they've done is they have like stripped everything about meditation way back down to just the science of it, where they're just focusing on focused thinking that is the core of meditation right yeah so when it comes down to it i think what what a lot of people are truly accomplishing in these other scenarios whether it be a spiritual religious or or whatever the case may be is that they're they're sort of locking into a mode of highly productive thinking right and that's basically what nr meditation is offering it's like online guided meditation where they just like teach you how to meditate which is really what kind of what i want i feel like i need to be taught how to do it appropriately that that's that's the thing yeah like yeah. you need like a starting point like it's it's a skill like anything else where there there's absolutely something to be said for being coached so that you could become better at a particular thing right and the way they're describing it is like 
like when I am getting ready for stuff, sometimes it feels like my brain will take like all these alternate routes to get there. And they are just like, like teaching you te like retraining your brain to just like have like, don't, don't get sidetracked on this tangent, which is something we could probably benefit from here on the podcast. <laughs> How about that corny joke today? <laughs> anyway, um, they're just going to, they can take, help you just think completely straight to the next spot. Okay, perfect. So it's like Google maps, but for your brain. Exactly. It is a roadmap to success and a positive future. If it is something that it sounds like you are interested in at home, listener, you can head over to nrmeditation.com slash SCB. Again, that is nrmeditation.com slash SCB. Thank you to NR Meditation for sponsoring today's episode. Yeah, all of the information can be found either in the links down below or in the show notes of today's episode. But maybe one day toll booths will accept cryptocurrency. Oh, well, I see what you're doing. You see what I, you see what I mean? okay, okay, all right. So it's not a real question that I expect them to do that. I mostly just wanted to touch on this particular topic. Like what? Yeah, what if Tolbus do a 180? They're like, okay, guess what? No long, we don't even accept cash, only crypto. <laughs> only crypto. Bitcoin like, what? exclusively. You're yes. Like, Boy, now we're, now they're sort of ahead of the game. Ooh. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So, so Bitcoin has been this, or not Bitcoin, but really cryptos in general. Um, I have one of the guys who, uh, that works for the aquarium company who is, is pretty deep into it. And mm -hmm. so I get a lot of like daily updates on what's happening in the, in the world of crypto. And as a result, I have like, uh, I, I would say at absolute best dabbled. Like it's kind of like one of those things where it's like, it, it, this seems like it could be interesting. Like I, I want to know more about it, but like it's, it's almost like dungeons and dragons. Honestly, I would say I've had the exact same relationship with cryptocurrency as I have with dungeons and dragons where like for years I have been asking people like questions about dungeons and dragons. And I feel like I have slowly started to like understand right. more about it and like in how maybe it's like, like there was never a part of me that could understand where, where people are like, Oh yeah. Like I have like a level like 13 wizard. And I'm like, what does that mean? Yeah, like, like, how like, do you have a level 13 wizard? Right. <laughs> I totally know what you mean. It's like, what, like you have like a, like a, like an avatar that's like leveled up. It's like, yeah, yeah I've played a lot of campaigns. It's like, and like, are these like preset things? Like, no, someone made them up. But it's like, so, so why don't, why don't you just start with all the powers? Right, right. I don't, yeah, like, like I, why are you, this I, I, is like, it's like you're level 13 by imagination. Yes, <laughs> yeah. And they're I, like, yes, exactly. Right, right, right. Like, that, that's the thing. There's like very, very, very real constraints within the measure of your imagination. Like, and I, I think that's exactly what it is, is that like, you know, boxes kind of breed creativity. Oh, it's, a, it's, a, it's an imagination box. It's an imagination it's box. It's imagination with walls. Yes, yes, exactly. Uh, yes. Rule based, man. If so, okay, from here on out, if anyone ever asks, if you're like a DD player, which neither of us are, but I do think immediately if anyone asks you like wait what is it like how do you play be like it's rule-based imagination yeah so not a, that is that's a that's a mm, i like that i think it's the closest i've gotten to being able to like to like dial it down like a single like snippet yeah um but yeah that's that's been the thing that's always blown my mind about dnd is like it, it feels so immensely freeform to me that i can't imagine like i can't imagine the walls like right. I, I'm like I'm like well why can't I just like pick up a rock and throw it at the monster like would that not do damage would it do damage they're like well you could do that right and it's like but what well, 
can I just pick up like a rocket launcher <laughs> or, or is, or is that like part of, part of the, the limitations where it's like, no, 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 there wouldn't be a rocket launcher in the middle of the forest where we are. And it's like, okay, okay. I'm starting to understand. I see. Like, like I, but like I could pick up a stick probably, probably maybe some poison ivy. I'm thinking about nearby. I wonder just as I'm going to interrupt you. I wonder if people can hear the rain and the thunder that is happening in our real world right now. I know, I know. Yeah, we're having we're having some immense weather. We're on the we're on a top floor of where we are, and so the the rain is just like ten feet above us right now. Yeah, we can hear it. Okay, so cryptocurrency though. So this is like one of these things where it's like I'll I'll ask people about it, and like I feel sometimes I feel like I'm the knower of information, and other times I'm like that's total uh, total Dunning Kruger where it's like. I, I feel like sometimes I'm like, let me explain. Let me explain it to you because I got this. I have a handle on it. And it's like, yeah. no, no, no. I know this you much. You know this much. But my confidence is up like, here. I'm good. Someone needs to bring me a cryptocurrency diving board stat. Stat. Be- I'm ready to be launched. Before I do myself some 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 damage or something. Mm-hmm. Um, but, okay, so the thing is that the, the concept that I feel like I keep circling oh back to gosh. with a lot of people. I'm so afraid we're going to lose power. I know, I know. It I, keeps uh, blipping. I, I wonder if this flickering is, is the other thing, too, because we I are know, flickering here. The, this, they should be able to see this light flickering, right? Yeah. Oh yeah. gosh, please don't lose power. We're we're amidst a thunderstorm. <clears throat> we presently. are. Yeah. This is hardcore podcasting. This, this, we're trying. Now this is podcasting. <laughs> <laughs> it is Star Wars Day. It is Star Wars Day. Well, Way to us, get a Star Wars right. Re- yeah. Well, as we record, that's why I'm wearing my sh- my Star Wars shirt. Right. 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 Yeah. Okay. So anyway, again, I'll crypto. Try, I'm, I'm gonna try it again. Third time's a charm, maybe. <laughs> um. So the the big thing is like well, like the, people keep asking like, well, why does it have value? Like, what is it? It's imagination based currency. It's imagination. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> but if, when it really comes down to it, all currency is imagination exactly. based currency. Exactly. <laughs> except and, that you could hold a dollar bill. Except that no one does. Except that no one does. And it's like it is like like if I were to give you a dollar bill, it has meaning. If I were to give you a small piece of paper where I have drawn a dollar bill on it, it has absolutely no value whatsoever. No value. And so it's like the 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 whole idea that money itself is a construct. But yeah. then the the strange conversation I keep having with people is they're like, well, why don't we just go back to bartering? And I'm like, oh my gosh, like, because currency is of course the solution to what was previously bartering. So like, right. let's, <laughs> let's say I have cows and you have chickens and you are like, I will give you 10 of my chickens for one of your cows. But like, if I don't have the proper facilities to house chickens, then what, what no can I good. do with them? Yeah. It's like, it's like, I, I know that the value is there. I know that one chicken is worth one tenth cow, yeah. <laughs> like by, by the current exchange the re- standards. The reason you don't want to go by bartering is because currency is at the very least a standard we could all agree upon. Whereas bartering is skill based. Yes. You know, it's true. Like, oh yeah. I just, guys, I just got three cows for my chicken. I'm amazing. And then, then, you know, like, oh, really, really? How did you do that? Well, you know, I just sweet talked him. You know, it's like, cause what did it cost you? Like thirty <laughs> chickens for one cow? So how? And it's like that's the sort of nonsense that could happen in a barter-based world. Charisma is like yeah, is the real currency. Is the real currency? Yeah. Like, yeah. How's your charisma? How's your like, charisma? Let, let me do your bartering for you, and then yeah. like all of a sudden you're exchanging bartering services as part of your barter. You're bartering for better barterers. I, I will I will barter you my bartering services for your cow. Maybe okay so And then maybe, I'm literally getting a I'm getting a product for nothing. Maybe okay this would be this this should be your D&D character Ben since you love name of the wind so much. You should be a a bard but a barterer. <gasps> Ooh. Right? 
right? Ooh, that's it's like, like that's so like, like your every every situation. You're like, but how about this? Hold on, let, let's do let's, an exchange yeah, real yeah, quick. Like. You're just like, you're like the bard who's constantly wanted to negotiate with everyone. A, a bard who wants to be a tinkerer. There. Yeah, so it's like, you're, yeah, you're, you're in a constant state of like, okay, in my packs right now, I have three ears of corn. Is that worth your single piece of parchment? Yeah. Could be. Could, could be. be. Um, so, hang on, where was I going with this? Oh, okay, but so then the other thing that, that it leads to, though, is like, people are like, wait, so your money's not like worth anything? And, and a lot, many people know this, that like, it, that it is just a construct, but it also goes back to this idea of what was formerly the gold standard, which was basically that like, your dollar bills were certificates for actual gold. Yeah. And, you know, and at that point in time, it was like, oh, okay, like, you know, the, what I'm, what we're doing, gold is too heavy for us to exchange gold as the primary currency. So this represents that. Right. So like I can give you uh, a $5 bill, which represents, you know, some gold yeah. that you can, though you can go to a bank and they will give you the gold for it. Uh, but the thing that I actually didn't realize about this, I was doing some research on it today is that back in like 1934 in the United States is like, I guess when we f took our first step off of the gold standard, but gold actually became illegal to possess in the United States. What? And it was actually a situation where you had to turn over your gold to the federal government in exchange for like what was an agreed upon rate per weight at that point in time. But they didn't want people hoarding gold reserves effectively. And so they, it was like no more gold. Like we're, we're collecting all the gold and putting it like in our hands. What a scam. I know. I know. They're like, we will have all the gold, please. Right, right. Man, so I was I was dreaming yesterday of like what an amazing guaranteed viral video would be is if you could assemble like an actual chest, fill it with some gold. Like I would love to like go go to a beach, be a regular there, wait till you find the guy who's like the the metal detector dude. Okay. Who's just like every out every day he's out there finding bottle caps and nothing. Yeah, you know he's he's focused on things beneath the sand instead of conch shells right there on the surface. Seriously, unbelievable. Well, There's treasure right there for free. For free. Yeah, but but he's 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 hoping to find something fun and novel. I would love to like get just fill up a tr like make an make an art piece that is a an actual chest. Make it look ancient. Fill it with actual treasure and just like watch this guy discover it. Like, like, so basically what it is is that you are, you are in sheer and utter admiration of that guy who put in so much ongoing dedication that it's like, you, you deserve this. What would his reaction be to like, like, Oh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna dig this up. And he'd be like, what? It, no. It's like, it, it, it a treasure because everyone, everyone who ever had a metal detector ever, no matter what they say, is secretly hoping this is the outcome. Oh, yes. You know what yes. I mean? Like, yes. you, you, you realistically know that you're just hunting for quarters and pennies and maybe like, maybe someone's lost watch. Sure. You know? Yeah. But, but, but like in the back of your mind, in your, in your sleeping mind, in your deepest of hopes, you're like, I'm going to find a treasure chest. The, like, like, do you think it it's could, like, is it possible that I could like, I could, Who's to say? Who's to say? Who knows? This is this is like it's like the equivalent of like whenever the like Mega Millions jackpot hits a, a high enough level, I feel like there will be like enough buzz where it's like I'll, I'll go buy a dollar, like I'll buy I, I'll buy a I want in on it, I want to be part yeah. of the fun, yeah. Like I'll I'll buy I'll buy a lottery ticket, and then you have like conversations with all of your friends for the rest of the day. Like what would you do? 
what would you do? What would you do? And you start having like daydream. So that's probably the real appeal of treasure hunting slash metal detecting is that it's, it's, you get that constant journey towards the potential for gold. But you could, you could, and it's like that, why it's like, that, that doesn't even exist. There's not chests of gold, you know. Are there not? Are there? I don't know. Does it exist? Why? Okay. Who invented the chest who of gold? Who invented if the there chest is of not gold? Actual chests of gold. <clears throat> yeah, I don't know. I, I mean, pirates, right? M- maybe. You have to think. At some point, they were using gold as real currency, and they needed to actually transport it. And this was the way they decided. Oh, we gotta have a locked box. We gotta keep all the gold in. Right. That has to be at the origin of treasure chests. It must be. Unless unless this is just like one of those things, like, okay, correct me if I'm wrong. Did the Coca-Cola company invent Santa Claus? Oh, this is um I in in some versions of it. Okay. There's maybe, a lot maybe of like stuff. the Santa Claus that like we know with like the red hat and like the bushy beard and there the is thing. a lot of intersecting ideas that came that have landed us at modern day Christmas. Okay, okay. Yeah. Um so that being said, but my point would be that like operating under the presumption that that is in fact true. It's almost like who was the first person to, to come up with the idea of drawing, you know, like a, like a coloring book treasure chest. Yeah. And it was like, Oh man, how about this? How about like at the bottom of the sea? There's like a, like a, from like a shipwreck. There's like a box that's full of gold. And it's just like, they like, it was just their pure imagination, but like it just caught fire. It has to be that at one point, you're right. Like it was like you're operating with gold as the currency, right? Or as the standard, and that physical gold had to exist somewhere. And if they needed to move it across seas, it was on ships. And if it was on that ship, it had to be in a box, and that box had to be locked right. so that people couldn't get to it. My guess is that, of course, that's not hard to figure out. This is why pirates would try and come and steal said treasure. This is all in my head. I'm making it up as I go. This is how it works. Right. Yeah. This is how it works. However, pirates would immediately also realize that like, hey, wait, now we're just another boat with a box of goods in it. Right. Right. So that's no good because now you're just the target of other pirates. Right. So pirates would then need a different place to put the gold and they don't want that to be a well-known place. The bottom so you got to have doesn't have to be in the bottom of the sea. I think I think you have treasure chests and sunken ships because those ships get attacked and then the ship sinks before they can get the gold off. And then the pirates don't have scuba gear in old times. So the gold is just lost to the future, to the future where some lucky dude is like, no way. You this know, is, I think we're figuring it out. This I'm has gonna, to be what happened. I'm going to be that lucky dude. You're going to be uh, that dude. Yes, you, yes. You're going to go find the ships. I, yes. Uh, well, you're probably, gonna, okay. probably not really, but like, yeah. I do think <clears throat> that I do think that it, there is some, some reality of my world where the opportunity presents itself and what I do is spend my days scuba diving looking for treasure. Okay. Yeah. Ben, we, we let me ask add, you this. If you if you were to make gold coins, what would you put on if you were what what do you okay, let me back it up. What do you think of our present coins, like the quarter and the nickel and the dime? Do you are you are you happy with like the putting people and like national monuments on them or like what would you put on a coin ducks ducks obviously <laughs> ducks okay so like more of a canadian approach i think yeah, i mean yeah. for certain for certain yeah, yeah yeah like you know it's there there's always that issue of like i mean how, how can we be 100 percent sure that anybody that we would put on currency has never made like some type of mistake some point in their life that would then make it like bad to have them on a piece of currency or something yeah so, but you know what you know who you know who, you know who's never hurt anyone Ducks. Ducks? Ducks. 
we are about to get a flood of duck related accidents <laughs> over on the Reddit. Right, right, right. Yeah, it's like my local pond. Yeah. I was feeding some you bread. Don't even know. Let, let me just disclaimer before you send us your um, goose attacks person's story. Oh, gooses uh, are not ducks. Gooses are not ducks. Oh, we, we should be clear we about that. We should be clear that all waterfowl are not created equal. <laughs> Geese are terrible. <laughs> And aggressive, <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah, don't, don't, don't group them in with our ducks. Yeah, they honk, we quack. All right, <laughs> there's a difference. There's a big difference. Oh my gosh, we need a pivot. We need, we need a new topic. We need a pivot. We, pivot Can I tell yeah. you about Luke's favorite food? Please tell me about Luke's favorite food. Okay, hold on. Is it, is it mayonnaise? <laughs> Absolutely not. Okay, worth a shot. If we're looking for a condiment, it's definitely ranch dressing. Okay. And every single night, he'll be like, "Can I have some ranch for my chicken or whatever we're having?" Okay. And this is this is it gets me in bath every single night because we'll be like, "Yeah, okay, whatever, you know, dip it in there, that's fine." And we'll go get the ranch, and he'll be and we'll be like, "We're trying to put it on his plate." And go, "I can do it, I can do it," and he'll want to put the ranch on his plate, <laughs> and it's so annoying because like. He, what he he will turn it upside down. And <laughs> and just, he will just go whoosh. <laughs> it is like oh, it is such a puddle of ranch dressing on his plate every day. It's like no, just lightly squeeze. He has no concept of lightly squeezing. It is always just a boo. You are aware of the fact that a ranch a ranch dressing bottle is effectively a rudimentary squirt gun. Uh, I saw on TikTok this morning the best water gun ever. Ever. It was like. Or it was like someone had finally figured out how to make like water guns into like a like a like like paintball style, basically. Oh. So what they did was they had like a, you would stick the nozzle in and you just like push a switch and it would like suck up all of the water. You like stick it into like a pool, okay, and it would just suck it off in like five seconds, fill the whole thing, okay. But then it had like a couple of modes where like when you pulled the trigger, it just shot like one like jet powered like like water bullet basically whoa like you know like like, like a a cluster like a cluster but it was like that is so cool and exactly the way you could actually play like water guns that isn't just like super soaker style where you just have like a tiny stream of water hitting people yeah the the thing that i feel like i i ultimately remembered about every squirt gun battle we ever had as kids was that it one that always leaked always Always leaked always leaked you're constantly running out of water yeah and it seemed like almost inevitably someone just got hit with a with a squirt gun which like if you've got like a gallon of water in a hard piece of plastic being held by a child well yeah you know you have like like you have a recipe for tears you you have like a almost slightly too heavy piece of equipment yeah that yeah, that that is just like ultimately is going to cause more like of a of, of a blunt related oh, issue. Not only that, but every every super soaker water gun fight you ever had as a kid, everyone only has the best water gun their parents could buy them, sure. and someone is way better. <laughs> yes, someone's is like leagues above everyone else's. It can hold three times as much, shoot way further, and way harder. And yeah. has laser focusing. And you're like, where did, where'd you get that? <laughs> yeah. It's got a drone. But the other thing about every water gun fight is that, like, it always starts off like this is going to be so fun. 
and everyone fills up for the first the first the first one is fine everyone goes to the hose everyone fills up we're like okay we're good right you guys start over there we'll start over here and we'll just go spray each other mm-hmm. but what happens is the, as soon as someone runs out it's like they, they don't want to just sit and wait right so they go back to the hose mm-hmm. and the hose is ju- it's just like mm, you're you're asking for it because you're gonna be standing still while you do that and everyone's gonna spray you oh i totally thought you were gonna go to the thought that there's there's no two ways about it. The hose is the best squirt gun. That's oh, that's the other thing. Like, why are you buying squirt guns? The ho- every every water gun fight also devolves to someone just picks up the hose. Someone picks up the hose. And so, it's like, guess what, losers? <laughs> what you really need is just a big faucet splitter and everybody's running around like hosed. You know, yeah. like so you Yeah, just you just like, need like seven hoses. But right. this is better because now it's like you can just hit someone with like a burst of water. I was like, I I would buy this. This is so cool. Anyway, Luke's favorite food is not ranch dressing or mayonnaise. Could you put ranch dressing in the squirt gun that you just talked about? Oh, that, I think you'd probably ruin it. Okay. I okay. think, yeah, I don't think that would be a great idea. Um, All right. So he's favorite food, though. Favorite. So, well, <laughs> when I put Luke to bed at night, his new stalling tactic is to say, let's talk. Yeah. Let's talk about something. Talk I just about. want to talk about one more thing. And so normally I just like ask him about his day or whatever. And the other night I asked him like, what's your favorite food? And it looked like he didn't quite understand what I meant by that. And I was like, what do you enjoy eating the most? And then he was just like, he got this big grin on his face. Like, boy, I had not considered there was something I can enjoy eating the most. Like, oh my, he had, he's just like this grin spreads across his face. Like the very idea that he's going to get to like put a label on this. Right. Like, oh my gosh. And he just says, he's like, he, he thinks about it for a second. He goes, mm, maybe, maybe lemons. <laughs> <laughs> lemons? I could not have been caught more off guard by lemons as the answer. Cause no one, no one eats lemons. Yeah. yeah lemons. <laughs> lemons is like, consumer. <laughs> they're like the least. <laughs> They're like the least snack-worthy fruits. <laughs> yeah, like now that you can't eat a lemon, you can. But I, very few people do I know just eat eat a just bite into a lemon the same way you might enjoy an orange or something so or is an it, apple. Is it not the case that like there is a stage in in children's taste buds where like they can't quite taste like the sourness Mm, I don't know because there's uh, you can also look up like tons of great baby videos of like baby's first lemon or something oh and they like like, bite and it's like yeah yeah so this was the other really funny thing though I was like so I was first of all I thought it was hilarious that he said lemons of all things yeah but okay fine cool you like lemons that's great and then I was like oh yeah you do make a lot of like we make a lot of lemonade don't we we've got these like little crystal light you know packets and he likes to he likes to make the lemonade because sure. he gets to, like make his own drink. So he likes to pour it in, shake Potions it up. Potions master. Exactly. He yeah. makes to make a good lemon potion. I get it. I get it. As a I'm like, like, yeah, you do make a lot of lemon. And he, and he looks and he's like, yeah, lemonade, it does kind of taste like lemons. He's like, hit it like, yeah, your lemonade does taste like lemons. Like, oh, like man. it was not obvious to him that lemonade is specifically a lemon drink. Right. <laughs> like lemonade is a thing. Lemons are a thing. Okay. That's how, it's like so interesting watching the way like kids' brains sort stuff. It's like even even with the word lemon in lemonade, right? Right. <laughs> you think it would be, but I don't it's, know. It's uh, it's very interesting. Like even the idea of him realizing that like it is like you hadn't considered the possibility of having a favorite food, right? Like that is almost a very interesting like 
from like a, a pure psychology standpoint, like yeah. if that idea was never introduced to anybody I, ever, yes. I think about stuff like that. I'm like, I almost hesitate to ever ask him about favorites. Okay. Cause it's like, on the one hand, it's like, it's, it's useful information as a parent, but on the other hand, it's like, it's equally useful to not know. Like if you tell me your favorite color is blue, then You're gonna buy I blue will stuff. default to getting you blue stuff only. Right, right. And it's like, or if you, if I ask you what's your favorite color and you say blue, that might affect, like, you might not have considered, yeah, even having a favorite color. You just like it's yeah. the colors you like on the things you like them on. Having having favorites almost makes for self-fulfilling prophecies. Like, oh, yes. Because, like, on the one hand, like, for me, like, you know, I, like, st- if you were to say, like, what's your favorite food? I'd probably say, like, steak. And, but that what that usually means is that when I go to nice restaurants, you want to know what I order? Steak. Yeah. Yeah. You want to know what I don't order? Anything else. Anything else. Right. Because it's like, I'm like, oh, it's like, man, this is a nice restaurant. Like, it, it would be such a crime to not get, like, my favorite food from here. Right, because it's going to be a really great version of that food. Because this is going to be, like, a top tier. And, like, <laughs> I don't want to, like, waste having come to a nice restaurant and get something I don't like. Exactly. But, like, what that really is doing is putting you inside of a box. Right. Because oh. then this, it's not like you go to, a like, an, a mediocre restaurant. Because then you're like, well, I may as well just get something I know I'm going to like. Yeah. It's not like, huh, now's the time to experiment with the the not as good foods. Right. Right. Oh, man. This is, re- I've never considered this so before, but it is very nor- fascinating. Normalize abandoning favorites. Normalize abandoning favorites. Yeah. Yeah. Like favorites are not doing you any good. Not doing you they're, any they're good. They're keeping you in not good imaginary boxes. This, <laughs> this is a weird thing because like doing what we do, we get asked a lot of like, what's your favorite? Um, oh my gosh, And it could yes. be like, you know, character in Pixar or Harry Potter book or something like that or whatever the case may be. And it's like, at some point, like... I like had to like sit down and decide what is my answer. Like I know those questions are coming and it's like, I had to like decide what are my answers to those questions going to be yes. like, and I had to like, actually, I feel like I remember having a conversation with myself. Like it doesn't, it doesn't have to be an actual favorite. It just has to be like, like, you know, like, you have to know how to back it up. Right. Like I have to know, like, like, so I feel like what I eventually did was like, like if anyone asks you who's your favorite character in Harry Potter, like if you say Harry, like that's a really boring answer. <laughs> but like, but like, why wouldn't Harry be your favorite? He's the yeah. main character. Right, yeah, so of course. Like, what do you mean he's my favorite character in Harry Potter? It's Harry. He's the main. He's like he, de- he defeated Voldemort. You want to check his track record? He, he's awesome. Right. It's yeah. it's the it's the graph of uh, adoption of Gryffindor House over time is like peak and then like total total drop right. off it's like in the beginning it's like Gryffindor of course of course like the, good, the, best, the best the good guys yeah and then and then like as time goes on you're like oh but Gryffindor is like the obvious answer so like I need yeah, to pick yeah, anything, anything else. else so it's like like I you know I don't know if I necessarily thought too much like do I have a favorite Harry Potter character like uh, all the times but I know I'm gonna get asked that so I like determined like not what's I'm not it's like what I'm like when people are asking me do they want should I be giving them like what's my favorite or should I find what is the best answer? What is the best answer? Yeah. Yeah. yeah I agree with that. And it, it's, you're exactly right. Like, and, and especially with the Harry Potter stuff, like as time has gone on, it's like, I almost want to like, like what, what, like what is a character that like, I enjoy? Like when they're on the page, but like it is a little off the beaten path. Right. Um, well, so that, that's what I mean. Not uh, that it's not, I'm going to make sure I'm being clear. I'm not, I'm not saying like I'm lying to you. What I'm saying is when people ask me, who's your favorite character? Like, I don't have a favorite character. Yes. A lot yeah. of times it's like, so, but I want my answer to be good, but I want my answer to be good. Yeah. So what, 
is the correct answer. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Not like if I if I outright obviously have a favorite character, then it's a very easy that you know. Then I'll just say that. Right. But it's like, but I don't necessarily do. So how do I answer this? And the next best thing seems to be like, what's the best answer I could give you? Right. Okay. So there's there's a couple of interesting ones with this that I've had where it is almost like I have had my previous opinions and then I have come to know what everyone else thinks and I can't help but let that like infiltrate my brain. Right. But, it's like, so hard. It is hard. But like, so with Star Wars, I remember as a kid, you know, of course it was just four, five, six before the prequels even came out. And my favorite by far was Return of the Jedi. Like it was the one where Luke goes on the diving board and we all know how much I love diving boards. Right. Yeah. He had the green lightsaber. Mm-hmm. You know, he has like the big, you know, fight with uh, Darth Vader at the end. I thought the whole like, you know, battle in like with the Ewoks and everything was like really interesting and fun and different and stuff. But like, it like it would have been Return of the Jedi, A New Hope, and then Empire. It was like if anything, I was like Empire's the boring one. Like it's the middle one. Like you know, like Luke gets hurt. Like it kind of ends on a sad note. Like like I don't like it. It is not something that I would have regarded as the best Star Wars movie. And then like the more that we kind of got like entered into this world of talking about fandoms, the more it was the case that it was like that everybody unanimously agrees like Empire's the best one. It's like, like everybody knows like Empire's like, it's the best. It's the best. Gold standard. Right. It's the gold standard. I'm like, it's like, and, and there's a part of me that's like, I know that information, but it doesn't change the fact that I still like Return of the Jedi more. Right. You know, like it, it's, it's like, I, if I'm being honest with myself, that still remains true. And it's, it's such a question. It's like, what's the best Star Wars? And it was like, what, like what, by what standard? Oh, you know, yeah. it's like like what what has the highest production value? What does the best job accomplishing the messaging it's trying to get across? Which one did I simply enjoy the most? Like, I, you know, yeah. Well, and then there's even just that question: which <clears throat> which one is the best Star Wars movie? Because like, oh, that's its, its own genre. Now. It's its own genre, absolutely. So it's like, yeah, you've you've got like the ability to say like, there is a movie that is technically the most well produced, but that doesn't make it the best Star Wars movie, right? Like what like Star Wars movies need to be like Star Wars movies. You yeah, know, you know right? what I'm saying. I'm saying? So, okay, but anyway, moving on from that, there, there's a similar one with the Harry Potter movies where growing up, it was like, it was like, I never liked the movies as much as the books, which is not like a hot take or anything. I think that's the reason, yeah, all right, general consensus. But the one thing that I knew is that I didn't like the third one. I didn't like Prisoner. And <laughs> didn't it was like Prisoner. Like, I didn't like Prisoner. There was like all these like goofy moments. There's a moment where like Hermione's being like whipped around on the Whomping Willow and it's like just real kind of goofy. There's the moment where like the moon hits Lupin like a spotlight in the face. And I'm <laughs> yeah. like, I'm like, what? What? Like, like what is going on? These, this, like, I, like this is so, it's so cheesy. But then uh, I, I think there was a nerd writer video. <coughs> yeah. Um, where he talked about why prisoner is like the best Harry Potter movie. Mm -hmm. And it is, I mean, for one, he is an incredibly smart guy and also a pure delight. Uh, but it's like one of these things where I think that that video was massively influential Mm -hmm. and like all of a sudden it's now again, everybody's like, well, prisoner is the best Harry Potter movie. Like, like we all, we all know that. Right. Like, of course. Yeah. And, and it's like, and if I'm like, again, if I'm being honest with myself, it was not my favorite. Like, <laughs> the one I enjoyed the most was this one. Right. And yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's like just another one of those like really odd things where it's like, I, I know that I've kind of come to know what the expected and, and agreed upon, you know, air quotes best is, but it, it, it's like, but I, but I don't agree with that. I don't enjoy watching it. So I don't know what to tell you. Right, right, right. Yeah. So it's, it's I don't know. Yeah. Maybe we should do that. We should just do a series where we say like, why 
Philosopher's Stone is the best Harry Potter movie, but we just do it for every single one. We do it for every single one. So like, and we just water it down. Yeah. We water down the favorite. I, th- I mean, yeah, well, that's, that's an interesting thought. Mm. I mean, we've, we've kind of done this with the houses themselves where we've got like, uh, like in defense of Slytherin mm. and in defense of uh, Ravenclaw. Yeah. Ravenclaw right. as well. Yeah, I've, so. always, I've always wanted to do the in defense of Gryffindor and it <laughs> sort of to be like a big joke. Like a little bit sarcastic. <laughs> like a little bit sarcastic. It's like, it's like, it's not their fault. They're broom jockeys. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> oh man. All right. Oh, Dan, what, what if we were to close out the day? With a corny joke. I like it's it's almost becoming tradition now that the corny joke is at the end rather than the beginning. Yeah. 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 How about that? How about yeah. that? This one might be this one might be kind of hard hitting. Oh, okay. Yeah, I know, I know. It actually comes from my wife, Alice. Oh. You ready for it? I'm um I hope so. Okay. What has two arms, two legs, and arrives in October? Two arms. Two legs. Oh, oh, oh. I think I know where you're going with it, and I don't feel like it is a corny joke. It's not a corny joke. It's not a corny joke. It's an announcement. It's an announcement. It's your niece. The element of surprise. The element of surprise. What? It's your niece. It's my niece. Yes. Yay. I'm so excited. Uh, Because you're having a baby. (laughs) In case people didn't figure that out. (laughs) Didn't figure it out. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So we're, yeah. Alice is pregnant. And expected expected, uh, October 31st. Oh my gosh. Goodness. I know. I know. Halloween. Halloween baby. Oh, man. That's going to be... That would be amazing. So, yeah, we're definitely hoping for Halloween. That's what... Yeah. I mean, that's that's absolutely what we're hoping for. I mean, that's like... This is... It's like one of those, like, really odd things about our our house is, is like, Alice kind of has this, like, affinity for, like, skulls. Sure. And it's, it's like, you could come into our house and, like, they're not really front and center, but, like, if you see... You will see them. But, like, they're they're there. But they're about. And it's, like, one of those things where it's, like, like, oh, I can see, like, where Ben's influence has been on, like, the, the... interior design it's like you know like the little skulls tucked in it's like no no, no those are not mine those <laughs> are not mine they're like oh in that case i just i'm going to take a lot of your points away because they were pretty cool yeah 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 yep. exactly exactly so but yeah it's it is like the most fitting thing ever because it's well my birthday is also october 25th so i was kind of like oh it's gonna be kind of cool like so, oh, like the fact that okay so uh your daughter to be will be at the due date near the end of october near the end of it yeah right okay so you're in you're in interesting territory territory yeah. because your birthday right there is the 25th right and the dad's birthday is the 30th yeah and then halloween is on the 31st i know so you got like you got a few cool ones you could land on i know we're like batting a thousand yeah well, sort of uh yeah no so it, it there's 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 some good opportunities the other one this is like the like, well, that's really funny things where like i don't really like subscribe to like the the horoscopes and stuff like that but i am a scorpio yeah and like the like you start being a scorpio i think like on like the 21st oh. so it's like we got to make it that far you got to so, make it to the 21st. Right. It's like, it's like one of these things that it's like, I like preemptively can just know that I'll have in common with her. Right. And it's like, I, I want that. Like, <laughs> it's like, like this. Right, right. It's like, it's, it's not, it's not for like any reason. It's not because I like am super bought into the idea or anything like that, but it's like, if we're the same, then we're the same. Then we're the same. And that so, would be kind of fun. And then we're like on the same team. All right. Well, if that happens, I'll make sure I get her just the, the, the nicest looking scorpion plush you've yeah. ever seen thank you yeah you are probably know coming gonna... out of a skull <laughs> <laughs> that might be a little morbid but you know it'll be our favorite you know it'll be absolutely favorite. and they'll be like where'd you get that scorpion she'll be like uncle jay got it for me I'm like that's right yeah yeah exactly yeah. uncle jay exactly that'd be so fun mm-hmm. or or she'll know you as the other host uh, oh i doubt i doubt she'll know me as that <laughs> yeah <laughs> 
There you go. All right, guys. Well, thank you so much for tuning into this week's episode of The Pop. There's a whole bunch of different ways you can get in touch with us if you have feedback about the show or if you want to just let us know what your thoughts have been. Uh, the Probably the thing that gets to me the fastest is our email, which is popcornculturepod at gmail.com. Mm-hmm. We're also available or on over at Reddit. And, or you can find us on Patreon at patreon.com slash popcornculture. Oh, man. We'd love to hear from you. We would absolutely love to hear from you. All of your thoughts, all of the corny joke submissions, uh, fun facts about coyotes, really just anything that you could you could throw our way. Actually, last very tiny note there. I think that I was looking it up and the Arizona Coyotes currently have a 2.7% chance of making it to the NHL playoffs. So, so uh, you're telling me there's a chance. That's exactly what I'm telling you. Yeah, it sounds like their fate at this. If you're at a 2%, your fate is not in your own hands. It's not in your own hands. A lot of things would have to go right. Yeah. But you know what? Sometimes that happens. Sometimes, you know what? 2% is not 0%. Exactly. Exactly. Otherwise, guys, until next week. Pop, pop. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.